0: Welcome back to Thacker Sunday Hangover with me, James Thacker. I hope you're well. Today, we have Ollie Warren on. I'm very honoured to have him on today. How are you, sir? James, I'm really well, thank you. I'm uh, doing all right. How about yourself? Yes, very good, mate. Very good. I've got uh, rugby to look forward to tomorrow, which is just so exciting. We had a good training week this week. So uh, despite the atrocious weather, um and yeah just glad it's it's friday and the end of another work week mate long weekend to look forward to yeah. so beautiful yeah. how's that uh, how's joy. everything going uh, yeah mate exactly bit, bit of sort of offload. oh mate yeah I had, <laughs> I had a few comments in training they're like oh you like you like that didn't you i was like yeah <laughs> 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 but uh yes yeah, so i've got a little bit mate, of you've got to
1: you've got to market yourself you know it's it's a tough time now you know
0: listen I uh, listen I self-branding. Um, I, I play rugby cuz I enjoy it and I like to bring out those little little moments so you know I love I love having the, the games recorded now it's literally so great like picking things back and we we, do, <laughs> we we do a lot of video analysis now so they encourage us to go and watch the stuff but then when I fa- find that little juicy clip I'm like yes like especially when it's in the right area of the pitch like if I've done that over in the far corner of the pitch and you can't really see it then that's not going up but because that was like right juicy yeah right next to the pitch i'm like yeah amazing but um but mate how uh obviously you've at the moment you're going through a little bit of um a diet change and you've been recording that i, I listened to your podcast on the uh on the exo sports one where you're talking about the diet i mean that's a really fascinating listen yeah. to you by the way but um how's that all been going because i've seen the, the tiktoks you've been putting up about your sugar i mean just for the sake of the listeners just run through yeah. kind of why, why are you going mm. about that and what what it is
1: yeah uh thanks for that yeah it's um mate it's been a a fascinating journey but also at the same time quite scary um basically graham phillips he is the pharmacist that gave up drugs he is a friend of the family and Mm -hmm. we decided that we could uh collaborate together between uh, his business with pro longevity and what he does in terms of helping people fix their type two diabetes or their hypertension or, you know, all these other kind of uh, contemporary diseases through their diet and their lifestyle. Um, and obviously on the surface, I wouldn't necessarily have any of those conditions. You know, I'm a pretty in shape, healthy eating uh, 26 year old um yep but I thought it'd be a really interesting experiment to see in for an, for an athletic point of view. You know, I am not necessarily a, no, I'm definitely not a professional athlete. Um, but I do try and hold myself to really kind of be as, um, as, as what's the word I'm looking for? High um, performance. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, went on this 12 week, uh, 12 day blood glucose monitor. It sat on my belly. Um, and it recorded everything that happened in my blood in terms of glucose spiking uh for those 12 days and yeah it was it was absolutely fascinating um they are sending me for blood tests because they are a bit concerned with some of the spikes right uh, as it because some of them there was abs they were saying there is absolutely no way someone of your age your size your build should be having uh, spikes that large so um yeah it 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 will all be fine it's all precautionary but um fascinating honestly fascinating just learning more about one's body is is something i'd recommend to anyone
0: yeah definitely i mean listening to the podcast i think he was saying that the knowledge still um especially in the medical industry about lifestyle is so Mm. unexplored and i think still some people that are perceivably healthy so some of these top level Mm -hmm. athletes and and, and some people that would you know from the outside look very healthy and you know trim, but actually they might have underlying things you know bubbling underneath the surface that we don't necessarily know about and, the, and contributors could be yeah. things like lifestyle. I think actually some of the strain that athletes put themselves under can actually contribute towards other health defects in the past, and I'm sure I'm sure there's a link in there between you know you have the athletes like Fabrice Moambo kind of collapse as a heart attack in the middle of a, a football game. Um, but footballers are supposed to be some of the most healthy athletes with the best tickers in the game. So it'd be absolutely fascinating to kind of continue that journey and exploring more about your body and and why these things are connected. And I'm sure, I mean, what a great contact to have in a family, friend to kind of uh, leverage that knowledge out of, right? He's a bit of an encyclopedia.
1: Oh yeah, he is. And uh, it's always fascinating when he comes around for for, for brunch or dinner or whatever. And, you know, we speak about it all the time. And I think especially with athletes, you know, as he said on that podcast, athletes do fuel themselves on rocket fuel. It's literally carbs and protein the whole time, essentially. Um, And after a while that can really take a toll on, on the body. Um, So trying to find a, a, a happy medium, whether it's, you know, being at a certain weight and then being able to perform, um, you know it's it's all individual and that's one thing that I, I've kind of learned from this you know there is not there's this fascination and kind of obsession nowadays to be like one diet fits all and it's like yeah no that yeah. that is just not not the not the way so yeah I mean fascinating two weeks uh, I'll do another two weeks I'm I'm moving to to a different country I'm moving to Colombia um, and I'll be doing a further two weeks there so yeah you can track that as well Thacker
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely will be. I think you know, diet and nutrition and fitness is something that's obviously of massive interest to me and I've spoken about it on yeah. the podcast before. I've actually been doing some tinkering with my own diet over the last couple of months. I've gone vegetarian mm. for the last two months and I feel like my performance and how I feel in my body has reacted mm. to that change very, very well. Um lost a bit of weight, like lost the bad weight, and um my cardio has gone up significantly. So uh, as much as that, you, you can kind of make correlations. It may be the fact that I'm just doing more exercise now because rugby back. However, I would like to do more exploring yeah. in that realm, because, you know, it, I, I think I think mm. there's definitely definitely correlations there. Um and and also, I, I do think yeah. as well. I'm not sure how well my body reacts to alcohol, which is one that I'm scared to explore because if it ends up that I'm not allowed a pint on a Saturday <laughs> night, that I don't know how li- <laughs> how much I'm going to like that discovery. So, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely I definitely yeah. need to do a bit more. Yeah. I think I think people need to do that in general a bit more and and just mm. see what works for you individually because, like you say, everyone's everyone's different, right? Yeah
1: yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, and uh we uh, i will be releasing another pod with graham where we kind of go through all the results and we do talk about one night where i had a binge um and the advice he was giving me i'm not sure whether he'd give that to necessarily everyone else but it was yeah i i, I have had to rethink my drinking habits as well
0: <laughs> it's a killer especially in this country and i've, I've spoken about drinking culture in the past um, yeah. on the podcast and it's uh, in the UK, it's one that we, I, I think we hold on to this historic view of pub culture and drinking as many pints and getting bladdered and seeing that as like a mark of heroism and man, manliness and just yeah. being able to like, but actually yeah, yeah. when you think about what that's doing to your body, um, I think we'll probably be quite scared actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I would back that up. <laughs>
0: yeah um and you mentioned obviously the move to colombia so exciting developments obviously this mm. week that's pretty much nailed on now because you've got your passport is it, how's all, how are you all geared up to move now all, all nearly sorted
1: yeah got the passport bought my tickets last night uh booked my pcr test so just need to stay safe and masked up so hopefully no one gives me rona in that time yeah um and then i'm off on the 5th of june mate exciting exciting yeah looking forward to it but new challenge we'll see it's not going to be it's not gonna be easy that's for sure but um let's if you don't try you never know so
0: yeah exactly and do you know what i think this has probably come about at a time it will you're for for one you're escaping some terrible weather but also (laughs) it's, it's come at a time where you you know, we've been in a year in lockdown, and I think it would be nice for a mm. change of scene for you. And in the you know, Columbia, yeah. which I've never been, I'd love to go at some point, but you know, from uh, all accounts, mate, it's an absolutely spectacular out place, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, come and do a live pod.
0: <laughs> Sounds good, mate. No, I'm keen. Um, so obviously, we're here today to talk about your business journey as a young business owner and and in kind of your your journey towards where you are now and I suppose making some comments around Mm. business in general at the moment. Um, I was going to probably go on to a little bit of games that I've I've planned later, but just for a bit of background into you, uh, (laughs) just a bit of background into you, who you are, kind of where you come from, it'd be good to just kind of learn, learn, you know, your backstory and um, where you've come from really.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I would like to say I'm a born and bred Londoner, but I'm not. Uh was born in Hong Kong. Um, and then we moved here when I was six months, so uh more like a bred Londoner. Um and yeah, it's it's been home ever since, really. Um went to to Newcastle University, had three great years there. Uh wouldn't change that for the world. And then struggled after graduation, honestly. Uh that was an interesting time wasn't sure what i wanted to do my sister very kindly offered um that i kind of work with her uh and she has her own social media content creation uh, agency uh for luxury brands mm-hmm. so did that for three months and then kind of was like oh I'm not like, not this isn't really for me I don't really know what i want to do uh and then luckily in, in 2018 uh an old tennis coach of mine uh, just gave me a call. and like, Hey, look, I have had this opportunity out here in Germany. Do you want to come here for six months? And I was like, oh, God, yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the beginning of the journey. I'm, I've always been heavily into sport, you know, played tennis very, very seriously, uh, from the age of 10 till 18 with the idea to go to college uh, on a scholarship never happened. Um, I actually, put my mental health first. I wasn't enjoying it. And mm-hmm. the Freddie Flintoff, I don't know if you remember the Freddie Flintoff uh, depression and sport documentary back in the day.
0: Yeah. I've, I know the story kind of, I didn't actually watch that documentary, but definitely it's on, it's on the list, I think.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a really good one. Cause he was just talking about depression, his own depression. And he was talking with other athletes and he spoke to Um, uh, the one that I can remember is, is a snooker player. Is it? I think Graham dot. Um, okay. And. I watched it, and I, I was seventeen at the time. I watched it, and I was like, "Wow, um, that's exactly how I feel every single time I step on court." And you know, came clean to my parents. I was like, "I'm not wasting any more any more of your money. Like, I can't do this anymore." Yeah. Um, but it was the best decision I made at that time. It was the right decision. Um, I do not regret anything in terms of what I learned on court. I think, um, you know, every whether it's rugby or tennis or football, you know, everyone who plays that sport turns around and says this sport gives you the best life lessons to set you up for for forever. Um, (laughs) But, you know, having been in and around loads of different sports, I do think, um, I personally think that tennis is one of the most intense life learning sports that there is. Um, And so it it has really kind of set me up basically um, almost to kind of what I'm doing now, which is quite an incredible thing to say. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's really me in a nutshell.
0: Why Why would you say in terms of the comment around tennis and mm. it, giving you the lessons it has, I think tennis is you know, from the outside point of view, I don't know about tennis a lot. You know, I like to watch it at yeah. Wimbledon, but that's about as far as my knowledge goes. But um it's a very, you know, individual sport and I can imagine that it's incredibly yeah. taxing on the mind as well as the body. I know that you have to put in ridiculous hours and your cardio has to be peak conditioned, but I can imagine that you ha- you get very much in your own head when it comes to tennis, right?
1: Yeah, so tennis is um it's possibly the most aggravating sport I've ever played. And you don't really get that in team sports at all. Because when you're on court, you have to be you have to be the one to make the shots. You also have to be your own coach. You also have to potentially be your own physio. Um, and then you have to have the foresight to be able to let go of everything that's happened. Because if you can't, you can't move forward for the next point and it could wreck the rest of the match. So yeah. it's kind of this weird situation of, not living in the past, living in the present, but also kind of living in the future. Um, and then you've obviously got the tactics involved, involved on top of that, as well as the physicality, um, you know, longest matches I've played three, three hour matches. And and you come off court absolutely dead. Mm. And you look at those, those blokes on tour that play for five hours and you're like, how, how is it possible? Mm. Um, and then when you transfer that into kind of team sports, um, Of course, you have your roles and responsibilities, but you know that if you screw up, there might be someone that will definitely be able to either pick you up or atone for that error. And the problem, it's not a problem with that. You just, I think for me, I've found when I've played rugby and football, you kind of, you don't almost acknowledge or uh, revel in those mistakes. But when you're on court and you're the only one, there's no hiding 100% 100% you have to take 100% responsibility for your actions yeah and that sometimes makes you or really can break you um so it, it, yeah I mean I've got a million mental health books about how to be tougher and um I've read some strange uh authors words but um yeah it, it's a journey for sure
0: yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, the difference between, I'd say, the individual side of sport and the team game is that you've got others around you that you can share the workload with, whereas when you're on your own, mm-hmm. it's just solely down to you, like you say. I'd say there's, there's still a element of... I think there's different responsibility because you when you're in a team sport, you have responsibility to others. So if you make a mistake, then there's 14 other people kind of relying on you to not make those mistakes. So it's a different kind of pressure. Yeah, but I suppose when I think mm. because often sports people I know are probably their own harshest critics. So when you're on court on your own yeah. and you, and all of this is so pressurizing and, and all your thoughts are internalized, you don't get to just speak them out and ha- hash out ideas with other people. You're like, you have to figure out problems
1: mm.
0: at the time on your own. And that, that I can imagine that it requires immense mental strength. So, yeah, that's uh, well. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's definitely something I think we all we need. We all need a bit more of. Maybe we could all play a bit more tennis and uh, mm. <laughs> try and work out some mental resiliency. So,
1: I mean, if I, when I'm a parent, I would love my my kids to play tennis on a recreational level. Mm. Um, if they had talent, would I push them into it? No, only if they had the drive. But I think the the amazing thing about tennis players and i can say this because i've i've been through it myself um the inner monologues of tennis players are just the most hilarious thing ever when things are going well you'll speak to yourself in the first person and when things are going badly you the, the dialogue will change and you'll speak to yourself in the third person you'll be like ollie like what the f- are you doing <laughs> uh, am i allowed to swear on this are we are we swear are we may of course
0: you can of course okay, cool. can. <laughs>
1: yeah no honestly it's like ollie like what the fuck was that mate like and it's you're almost like you're mirroring you're, you're looking into a mirror and it's the strangest thing and i honestly should have i wanted to write down all of these quotes from my junior days of people saying amazing things in the third person in the first person no, no, no the tennis players have very special minds that's for sure
0: no, that's for sure I, I tell you i draw parallels to another um individual sport in golf where people talk mm. to themselves in the third person <laughs> I've, I've been out with some people who don't have particularly great handicaps and you, you know people just pressurizing themselves way too much i'm like literally we're here for a knockabout this isn't the masters yeah but they're like oh jimmy and i'm like Mate, it's fine. It's really fine. <laughs> but, like, honestly, they, when they go on the rant about themselves, like, Jimmy, you're not doing this, and da, 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 I'm like, this is brilliant. Please, exactly. someone record this. I'd love that. Yeah. I reckon there's de- there's definitely a YouTube series in that at some point, just like someone hiding in the bushes, just waiting for that little moment. But
1: yeah. Um, there has it. to be. There has to be. I think golf is a- an interesting one because. I would almost hate to be a professional golfer because if you make a bad shot, there's so much more dead time before you can make it up. Whereas in tennis, you have 20 seconds. Like if you lose the point, okay, you'll talk to yourself badly, but then you can actually go and atone for it very quickly. That's true. I'd say that, well, I mean, we're going down the rabbit
0: hole here. On, <laughs> we are <laughs> on a different topic, but I'd say in the golf example, you've got. A lot of times, say for instance, you're flustered, you can then step away yeah. and actually go right, calm down and recenter and start mm-hmm. remembering all, all these lessons, especially on the putting green, because that, that thing is like a mental mind trap. Um, but in yeah. tennis, I suppose there's that ability to gather momentum when you kind of recenter, but at the same time, I can imagine you can also lose yourself Mm. to momentum. If you let yourself kind of keep declining or if you start hitting the ball out of frustration, Mm. I I don't know. I I think it works both ways, but yeah, I I do. I definitely appreciate your point. I think, I think, I think I have such immense um, respect for people in both those sports. Um, Golfers, I think yeah. as much as you say you wouldn't like to be a golfer I wouldn't mind chasing the sun around the world just whacking a little ball about for millions and millions of dollars a year but you know
1: <laughs> honestly if you gave me if you gave me the choice what would be my my chosen sporting life it would be professional golfer you can play for 45 years at a pro level you know as you say chasing the sun on the greens all the time and you make probably pretty decent money even not that high le- not that high level so yeah that i mean <laughs> i was watching the pga
0: last night and i'm looking at phil mickelson he was playing when i was you know growing up watching golf with my dad on the sofa i still am seeing this bloke and he's like ridiculously tan skin like the hair's flying back shades are on yeah. just absolutely loving it you know he, he'll go and compete but he doesn't care like he's done it all he's just going around the world playing golf I'm like oh you've actually just made it haven't you you you, you, you've cracked it you've cracked life I do love it it's the
1: life that is the life so
0: um so in in terms of that that gap then between so you you finished kind of playing tennis you decided that's not necessary for you Mm. to where you are now what was the journey I mean where where did the motivation then to kind of start your own business and start on the journey you're on now
1: so um, it, it all started with that internship in 2018. I uh, went to Germany for six months. Didn't learn the language at all. It was great. Um, <laughs> and was working for a, a tech company called PlaySight. And they have automated um, recording uh, cameras, if you want to call them that, um, that you can basically play back live. You can be in the stands, with your iPad and play it back live and get instant replay and drawing tools and all that kind of stuff. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a really good uh, introduction to the sport business market, which is something I'd always wanted to do. And then in 2019, end of January, 2019, they brought me in full time. Uh, so I, would, I then became their, one of their account managers. I was dealing with a couple of European leagues, um, clients in the UK. Uh was really, really fortunate. They, they, taught me a lot they treated me really well sorry and um i was lucky i got to travel a bit and you know a lot of the time people on their first jobs don't really get to do that um so it was you know ticked every box for me um and then march you know kind of fast forward to march 2020 and that dreaded phone call comes in going right pandemic's hit mate like really sorry you're gonna have to go um and that was tough i saw it coming it wasn't um it wasn't unexpected and i was self-employed rather than you know fully employed so it was very easy for them to cut me um and it was weird like you know especially with not knowing what was going to happen with the pandemic we were only meant to lock down for two weeks yeah thanks boris um so you know my parents were kind of saying like you know take some time uh, I was I was planning on moving out that year as well, um, and then obviously that got wrecked. So my parents were like, look, take some time, figure it out. And you know, on the day I was kind of like being a bit macho, being like, yeah, it's fine. Like I knew it was coming. Like I'm used to it. And then two days later, I was like, oh my god, what do I do with my life? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I took four days where I binged uh, Joe Exotic and Tiger King. Right. And what a time? Yeah. That was like. Yeah peak pandemic times I remember it, that it, when that came out it was just it really was <laughs> yeah and the funniest thing is that I finished it and I was like I, I was more depressed after I finished it than when I started it and I, I realized that I was like right your life is not as depressing as his like come on yeah, like yeah. you have skills yeah. get on with it um, and funnily enough I at that point downloaded TikTok and um, I don't know if you're, you know, for those that are not familiar with the algorithm when you download it for the first time, it will basically just show you a bunch of different videos. Uh, so it can figure out what you like so you can stay on the app longer. And for some reason, the first kind of TikTok um environment that I got stuck in was the business side of TikTok. And so I was seeing all the Gary V stuff and all these other entrepreneurs, and I saw this one guy and I was like, hmm, okay, this is interesting. You know, he's an SMMA facebook ads let's see how that goes and so i started following his youtube a bit and i was like okay i think there's a gap in the market here for just better exposure for athletes and their social media profiles especially in the uk it's not it's not a big thing um footballers don't need to have second you know second jobs or businesses that they do when they're not playing so so, you know they're kind of out they just do it for that you know for their own public image um but as you know you'll know as well rugby players don't have the the luxury of having those the the contracts those size so a lot of them have their own businesses and i you know having followed so many of them i was like well look there is just a way that you can brand yourself better and it doesn't feel like you're getting that Um, and so i started thinking about it how can i get into that, that market what do i do You know, Facebook ads is not necessarily my forte, and I could learn about it, but there'll be thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that will do it way better than I will. Um, My experience in this is content creation and kind of the strategy, all that kind of stuff. And then got really lucky that um, my old boss called me in April and was like, Hey, look, um, we have this project going. And I was thinking, could you run the social media for it and i was like yeah sure like what's this project and it was the first professional tennis exhibition back since the global lockdown it was called exo tennis and i did I, you know preferably he would have obviously wanted me to be there on the ground and run it you know run it properly sure uh, but i did it remotely uh, i did it from london and then it was that was so that started in May, and it was the may was the most bonkers month for me i've had probably ever um because i was doing the events in germany and then we started events in atlanta so i was working from seven at seven in the morning until potentially three in the three in the evening three seven in the morning and then like 3 a.m um yeah and I was done after May and we took a, we took a month off and that we, we started again in July, but we didn't do the American events. We just did the German events. And then after that, um, Exo sports was, was born, um, where we just, it, the business is, uh, sport branding and marketing for athletes, coaches, you know, uh, sports companies, anything we can offer Facebook ads. We can offer the content. We can offer the strategy, anything, um and yeah it's it's been a roller coaster it's been a slog but it has been one of the most interesting and uh, priceless experiences i've ever ever had that's awesome
0: no it's, it's it's really interesting to hear and it's it's interesting how i think in in that time and especially over the last year we've had we've all undergone unfortunate circumstances and had to yeah. roll with the just to a certain extent, I think it's always important to stay adaptable. And then when the opportunity arises and and these things may be small, sometimes they're big opportunities that come by in life, but you've got to be ready really for when they do come and also not shy away from opportunities, like be ready for it. Say yes more often than you say no, because you never know where these things might lead. So you you know, you saying yes and grabbing that opportunity with both hands with the tennis expo has then led to great things for Mm -hmm. you. So I suppose the learning there is to, always kind of jump into things to feet first because realistically is that, and this is something that I'm banging on about quite a lot at the minute, but making the most of our time while we've got it um, because honestly, time yeah. can get taken away so quickly. So literally grab every opportunity you get with both hands, I think is uh, well, definitely something I've taken out of that little journey. You, you know, you took us on there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... <sighs> it's it's been a really strange one I've, I've been very lucky and that that's not beyond me i know that some a lot of people haven't had that opportunity um especially during this 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 year um but it, you know with as much luck as i may have had i've i've had other challenges that have brought it back down so it, you know it has been a roller coaster and it has been a, a an extremely steep learning curve um one that a lot of people do tend to struggle to understand it really um because it's just so removed from from what the norm is you know find a job do your nine to five live for the weekend kind of thing um so it yeah it has been a priceless learning experience no, that's good to hear that so i think you know, you, you mentioned
0: it there where the your your daily routine or your week looks a lot different to others and I think I'll, I'll come back to yeah. what your kind of culture looks like and what you're kind of trying to breed with this new environment that you're trying to move into and and, and the new company mm. but I mean over the last 12 months with the state that the world of sports been in I'm sure that there's been two things that have happened one you know it's been an incredibly difficult market to actually gain any business from because there's not been a lot of money about there's not been fans coming through the door there's not been as much activity you know obviously we've had the football season mm-hmm. this year but again there's not an abundance of yeah. money floating about and then but also you've got I think from the athletes point of view they'll always be looking and you know athletes now you've got the Saracens players with you know uh, Brad Barrett's got his Tiki Tonga coffee and you know you have in yeah. all realms I mean yeah before James Haskell stopped playing rugby he had his you know fingers in many pies and things like that and although they are at the elite level I know that so many athletes now will always be looking for a bit of a side hustle a way to brand themselves so whilst all this has been going on they're probably thinking well I actually need to keep myself ticking over want to you know be expanding out to different reaches and and different audiences so I guess there's been a you know it's as much as it's been difficult in some aspects I I suppose it's posed different kinds of opportunities Mm -hmm. than others right
1: yeah for sure i mean you know for any young business to try and make money within the first year is extremely difficult depending on what you're 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 offering um and you know i i that wasn't alien to me you know my sister has her own business you know i have other friends of the family that have their own business and you know having that ability to talk to other people that have gone through it it was again priceless um And so the mindset from the off was, okay, let's try and find clients, but you need to learn. And obviously being in lockdown for the majority of the year, what else is there to do if you can't make money? Okay. You need leverage. So what's your leverage? Is it going to be the way that you make the content? Or is it going to be the way that you communicate with clients? Is it going to be, you know, all of these different things. Um, So it, it is, There are ways to really, whether you're progressing yourself personally, you're still progressing the business. Mm -hmm. You know, if 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 you are the face of the the company, you don't need to know everything because you're never going to. But you need to know something potentially different from a completely different industry, a completely different sphere that you can then apply to your own, that can then impress someone else. You know, so. I mean, for me, I've I've obviously done a lot of reading and uh, about sport and about the industry and and what's going on. But I look to the arts, I look to uh, different parts of the world because just because something works there doesn't mean it can't work here, you know. And let's take let's take Lil Nas for example. His music, like slays. His music's yeah. great. But the way that he markets his music is such a, a brilliant example for personal branding. You know, his latest song, um, what's it called? Call me, call me by your name, whatever it is. Yeah. Pole dancing in knee-high leather boots. Well, he's comfortable doing it, but also he knows that he's going to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. That's genius.
0: I saw, I saw the fallout of that actually. it was um because he's come out, obviously, I think he came out as gay, I want to say yeah. a year ago or two years ago, um, yeah. and obviously he's a black guy in America, homosexual black guy in America, extremely marginalized community out there. Mm. And, it, and then just <laughs> and then just to stir up even more emotion in probably where we'd associate that kind of with the discrimination against that subsection. Of, of the community which will probably be you know and this is stereotyping a little bit but like the deep south and with the more conservative bits of america he also then goes at their religion as well by claiming that he's the devil yeah. and he's in. <laughs> i was just like this guy's got a devil yeah. i was like please just look after yourself but at the same time look how it works because he yeah. got everyone talking about it
1: yeah. But I mean if you look at also Old Town Road, I mean he said that he spent something like 16 plus hours a day making memes about the song and uploading it to Reddit so that it would trend. You know that that's that is first of all genius, second of all like the one of the best work ethics to your craft I've seen in like a long time. I'm not saying that footballers should be going around pole dancing in in knee-high boots, but um <laughs> there are ways that athletes need to step up their game in terms of their branding. Uh for some reason the European European athletes have no idea how to do it personally. They need to look to the states.
0: Is that because they're from a different culture that I think because Lil, I mean I think Lil Nas is still really young, so he's also grown with that mm. technology all throughout his life most likely so he's very accustomed to it he really knows how things work yeah he probably knows what's going to get a reaction if you spend a lot of your time on your phone like we all do these days especially in our generation you'll probably get a good sense of like what's going to work and you can try things out and, and all that kind of thing there will be especially in the yeah. sporting realm where really you don't have that much time and also you people from different cultures will naturally spend less time plugged into social media and more time with family or more time. Uh, and, and it might not get the same yeah. reaction in different cultures. So do you think it's a, probably a bit of an educational curve that the sports sphere has got to go on to kind of reach the same as the media space?
1: Um, yeah, maybe. I think the, the American system has always lended itself better to marketing because it's been professional for longer um and the fact that from the age of i mean like five years old the system is basically rearing kids to one day end up pro if they can you know you you could be a high schooler playing on tv i mean i couldn't imagine that myself that'd be weird pressure you know and so these guys know about how to stand out whether it's through their f- th- philanthropy or or their fashion or their their own business or that you know they all have and, and plus the majority of them have also gone through college you know they yeah. know about how to exploit their brand because at college also you can't do that you cannot make any money off it so the only thing that you can do is build a following but as soon as you make it pro once you're out you can make money off your name and your and your images. Um, and that's not not something that we have here. Um, I don't know. I was going to say, you know, obviously footballers get a, a ton of abuse. And so that probably does keep them away from wanting to be online personalities. And I'm, I don't really know what the situation is in the States with abuse and, and, and the kind of the levels that they get there. Um, but it doesn't seem to stop them. They still kind of get on with it and do their own thing and really push themselves to, to get a new deal or, or find a new a new industry and, 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 basically express themselves.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's, that's probably because it's more part of the culture though, the American culture where you can be wherever you want to be the American dream, all that kind of stuff. And that kind of entrepreneurialism is encouraged and the business, I mean, sport is very much seen as the business. So then why should the athlete also not operate as a business? Whereas in this country, as we've seen, and as we've talked about very recently, um, we don't mm. really like when sport and business collide and, and unsuccessfully, especially in this country, but in the game of football <laughs> and, and others. Um, yeah. in the, yeah, and, and, and so it sparks a negative reaction when people are seen to be selling out or um, they try and make themselves a business or trying to sell too much because I think that the, the sports in, in the rest of the world other than America are perceived in a very different way. I think there's a vastly different culture around it
1: yeah yeah it's a, it's a really really interesting one i um i can't quite put my finger on it because i think potentially you know as we have discussed in in on previous weeks like especially some of the fans are a bit deluded as to what this industry is um you know money does make the world go round and i'm also the, the, a strong opinion that especially for football, they are missing a trick. Clubs should be doing, in my opinion, clubs should be doing what uh, rugby clubs do, which is offer up their their network and say, if you want to build a business, we're going to help you. If you want this contact, we'll set up meetings. If you want to do this type of marketing, oh, we know this guy. Um, because if you you know we've spoken about club loyalty as well a lot if you have clubs that are saying right we're not going to give you 300 300 grand a week we'll give you 200 grand a week for your new contract but we're going to we're going to incentivize you because we know that you want to do this business and we're going to help you with it because i feel like there's a way that you can just blood these players into to more deeper roots into these clubs you know Gigi wijnaldum for example why do you want to leave to go to Barcelona now? And if Liverpool turn around and go, oh well, Gigi, you know you can work with LeBron James on um, a new fashion line because he wants to he wants to build relations in 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 Liverpool and the UK. Why would you leave? Honestly, you know, there's 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 so many <laughs> there's so many things that I'm like, you're missing a trick here.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's really interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops over time. I mean you've I mean I was going to ask you who I think there's one obvious athlete who far surpasses anyone from their personal brand which English I'm sure you can read my mind but um in terms of who you have identified as like the people to have done it best and I guess maybe the reasons why in the past who would you kind of say I think number one's fairly obvious
1: yeah number one is very obvious I've spoken about him a lot on my tiktok um from a, from a, a premier league and and british perspective hector bellerin is is like if if there, if there are any young academy players out there that want to try and not just be a footballer follow hector follow him but uh away from that you know there are other people that have really surprised me um well james haskell's not surprised i think again if you're a rugby player or even a footballer follow what he does i mean the man's a chameleon he was doing it when he was playing like honestly he could do anything anything um, but he's just got that drive so that's cool um ben foster really has shocked me and you know what i was i, we, I said it to you on the phone um i'm shocked that no one has done this yeah before I'm absolutely shocked. And the fact that he is, you know, in the twilight of his career, doing this, at, sorry, I don't want to be ageist, but at his age is fascinating. It really is. Because if, if if you turned to me and said, okay, someone's going to do, you know, daily vlogs on their GoPro, I'd be like, he's definitely 18 years old. Yeah. He's definitely a, a Gen Z. Like, Definitely no, we have an almost 40-year-old goalkeeper doing this and absolutely killing the game. Um, It is only a matter of time before someone else jumps in and goes, right, Ben, hold your beer. Like, it's my time now.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think um, it might be the case where he's waited to a point where there's enough safety. And also he's at the back end of his career where he feel comfortable enough to do that. Whereas an 18-year-old kid's just starting out... The the I think the level he's setting himself up to fail there is so high. Mm. I think that would ward anyone out. Ward anyone off doing that. Um And so I think that's mm. probably the only reason why we've seen something like that in this country yet. I think as well the reason why that's yeah. been so successful is that he's done it himself rather than it being run by a Sky Sports, a BT Sports, yes. Because then it doesn't have the same personal feel. And also it's a it's a, a much he's identified a platform that's right for it as well in YouTube because it's a very more consumable, short mm-hmm. content. People don't watch as much TV now. You can watch yeah. YouTube wherever you go. So I think it's done really well. And I think it's going to yeah. be a bit trailblazing, albeit probably quite late compared to, like you say, some of the Americans will probably be doing this stuff for ages um, already. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. I think we discussed... You know the goalkeeping situation is quite unique because you can. There's so much more stuff that you can yeah. film because you stay in one position, whereas you know you're not going to have people running around yeah. in Premier League football games with GoPros on their chest, for instance. Um, but yeah, we'll, it will definitely be interesting to see where it goes. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. we'll
1: see. Yeah, no, I think I think um, it wouldn't surprise me if if once he retires, you see him presenting on TV, but not just for football. I think you know you could see him on i would not the one show but you know like something of that kind of equivalent like he's he's building himself a a tv personality or even you know on joe on joe on their um on their content channels as well so like you know i think he's really he's really setting himself up for retirement like he will be flooded with stuff to do um which is really great i think um (sighs) Actually, Memphis Depay has done some interesting things. You know, coming out with with rap songs. Uh, another tennis player, um, Denis Shapovalov, also has brought out some rap songs. Not not that they're any good, but um, <laughs> the point is, you know, there are there are people trying new things out there, which is it is great. You're just going to have to be patient and wait until it happens. Um, on a club perspective. Uh, Arsenal have been moving and shaking this season, and I know it's not on the pitch, which is where I'd love it to be. But um, I think they're being extremely clever with the way that they've positioned themselves with the 4-2-4 merchandise. Um, They definitely are trying to tap into a completely different market and a completely different use of their badge. Which is really interesting, you know. I, I compared it to the the PSG and Air Jordan thing, and the the main difference here is that the the PSG Air, Air Jordan that is really only for on the pitch. Everything else kind of stems from it. Whatever whatever you see happen on the pitch with the shirts, it then everything else comes out of that. Whereas this was like we're not even going to acknowledge the football shirt. This is about wearable clothes wearable clothing you can have any day and that was what was so interesting
0: yeah but there's now they've now kind of blurred the lines in that haven't they because they've now the psg kit for next year has got the air jordan logo on it which yeah. for me you know it's fascinating itself because what is it it's a it's a bloke playing basketball yeah a football shirt so it's amazing how like like you say that these football brands are a going out and becoming more than just a football club. And I suppose, yeah, I suppose then going forward, what where do you see the biggest areas for growth and what do you see is the kind of future of business just for, I mean, in terms of the things that you're most looking forward to see and maybe things that you're getting involved mm. in at these early stages?
1: Um, oof, That's a, that's a, that's an open-ended question, Thacker. Yeah. We could go a number of different ways here. Um, or about brother. I think yeah, I think it really depends on the sport. You know, um I think we're seeing a lot of footballers on Twitch, um, which is great, you know, it's a it's a, a cool way for them to interact with their fans. And, you know, whether it's Aguero or James Rodriguez or um, you know, anyone else, it's that's a great thing, but I think one major major thing trend that we'll be seeing in football is how um, I think we'll be seeing more of footballers becoming YouTubers and is not that, just is Ben that, Foster
0: yeah is that a way to just bring them closer to the I mean it, it sounds pretty obvious but it's like bringing them in bring a, a better fan engagement and I suppose in doing that, I suppose the clubs have got honest, to monitor that quite closely as well, though, because obviously if they're representing the club, then everything they do essentially might can get brought back to the mm. club. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how they've got their say on it, what they can and what they can't do, what parameters the clubs will put yeah. on their activity, whether they can at all, whether the players will go, now stuff yeah. you, I'm doing this because it benefits me. Um, yeah, it'll be, yeah. be interesting to see how, how it works.
1: Yeah, I mean... The Ben Foster model is, is, is it's groundbreaking because, you know, not just the club have allowed him to do it, but Sky and uh, the EFL have got behind him and said, right, if you want footage from matches to put in your vlogs, like, here it is. And that's that's really unique. Will that happen with other players that want to do it? Depends on who they are, you know. Um, but I think it's going to get to a point where these you know, as we see sometimes, these players get too big for their own clubs, you know, and so they kind of make decisions for themselves. And when careers are short, sometimes that pain of leaving a club because they don't want to allow you to be a YouTuber is worth leaving for. Um, so I think we will see it more. Uh, it's, uh, it's someone who does impress me as well uh, Alfonso Davis. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he, done
0: well. I know he's been he's been quite active on the TikTok game, yeah, um, especially. But he, oh, he's he, hilarious! Yeah. yeah, no, he's done well.
1: <laughs> he's hilarious, and I, I think he's he's also unique because of his his profile and and his girlfriend as well. You know, they do it together, and yeah. they have a YouTube channel. I don't know whether it's the, the the channels together or it's one of one of theirs. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're going to see way more of that. Way, way more of that. I think within rugby, oof, I don't see at the moment. Uh, I'm a bit removed from it, but I, I don't see that much in terms of like drastic change. I think it will just continue to go the way that it is. I think uh, there will be a uh, an increased encouragement for young academy players to start thinking about their businesses and futures. um I know that COVID has wrecked a lot of people's contracts. Um, So I I think there will be a a much bigger emphasis on that. How clubs get around that without kind of committing offences like Saracens and other other clubs have is going to be a big, big ask. Um, But yeah, um, I think the trends will generally continue with rugby. Tennis is really where there is a lot of work to do, in my opinion. Um, I love the sport and it is, you know, as I've said, it's an incredible sport. However some of the marketing is absolute rubbish it's it's quite niche as a sport because you don't it's not
0: it's not in the limelight I think it only attracts a subsection of of the community still you know the sporting community I think I think um, for me it's more around how tournament I mean the tournament marketing is so important because the way that Wimbledon's branded itself it's you know for me, when I think about Wimbledon, I think about like the colours, the gold, like the, the the greens, like the yeah the, the, the history of the tournament, how just how, and also the fact that like everyone has to play in white, and it's you know it's all got this history and yeah. mystic around It's is, it's fantastic, and I think the the competition as a brand, I think, is amazing. But that for me is like where my tennis mm. engagement goes, and then I'm like, right, well, I don't, I don't know, like. Where where they're going next and when things are on that it's not also it's also yeah. where is it on TV as well like is it a Eurosport yeah. is, is it that is that inaccessible level? yeah yeah I mean that that for me is a massive problem and it doesn't mean like
1: I don't like tennis but I'm just I ne- I just never see it yeah but look uh, the the problems within tennis are huge right now one of them is the fact that the average age of the tennis audience is 62 bloody hell yeah like that's old yeah. in terms of viewership it's not obviously you can still do a lot when you're 62 you know my parents are 62 um and they're still going well but You've got a um, lot more time then don't you You've oh got God, a lot yeah. more time to flick through the channels <laughs> yeah exactly um but it's just like where are the kids at oh they don't care because they're just going to watch the five minute highlights You know, so tennis is like in terms of viewership, it's, it's in a really interesting and precarious position, but also, uh, you know, as much as I love the big three and as much as they've been amazing to build tennis as a, as a sport, they're not dynamic. You know, if you, the the most dynamic and interesting person on tour is Nick Kyrgios. I, and I'm not saying I, I can condone his behavior at times because I can't, um, But from a purely exposure viewpoint, he is money in your pocket, you know. And I I sat down once with my business partner and was like, "What do you think of this idea?" "Oh yeah, I like it." "What do you think of this idea?" "Yeah, I like it." Has that been done before? Nope. I'm sure it has been done before. Yeah, it's been done in another sport, but it hasn't been done in tennis. And it's like there's so many like I'm not I can't really go into it because there's so many things that I actually really really want to do and I'm going to try and execute them. but there's so many things that I look at, whether it's in basketball or NFL or football, and I'm like, if you just applied this to tennis, it would explode. And that is such a unique position to be in where you go, this is such a developed sport where you know the top end of players get paid a hell of a lot of money. The It is possibly the most equal sport amongst men and women, yet no one really watches it or cares and that is a real shame
0: definitely definitely so i'd say i mean would you say then going forward that that is the sport that you're probably most involved with from a business and and personal point of view with the biggest area for growth and that's something you're going to be working on you know explicitly to try and change i guess
1: uh i mean look it definitely has the, the the biggest chance for growth um I'm working on it and I really want to materialize some of these ideas because I think, Oh my God, it would, I think there's some of these ideas that would really gain a hell of a lot of respect from other people outside of tennis, but it would, it would ruffle a lot of feathers within the game. And, you know, that is something I'm all for. Uh, It's so wooden right now. Um, But it's exciting as well. Like, I mean, look, there are still good things going on in the sport. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom. Um, but I think I, I just see the opportunity, basically. And but that's part of my job to try and and, ex- and exploit that and, and make sure that someone's winning out of that. Um, so yeah, mate. Let's see. I'm setting myself a year long uh, time uh, time frame for it. But let's see how everything goes with code and...
0: well mate yeah that is extremely exciting i think i'm all for fe- all for feather rust- rustling um okay. so yeah de- de- def- definitely came uh, keen for that and maybe uh next year we can maybe check back in if you're not too busy in colombia uh, to, uh, <laughs> to to to, uh, to have a little catch-up to see how it's all going um just oh, yeah, rewinding it for, for to, from a business mm. point of view then obviously businesses have undergone such a drastic change not only in how they've been forced to operate. But over the last five years there's been a shift in terms of what new employees coming into the market are looking for out of their working environments. And then that's forced a little bit of change yeah. in terms of what the work week looks like, how we're operating, more people operating from home and going forward. So in terms sure. of your culture of, you know, EXO and what you're looking to breed going forward, what are kind mm-hmm. of like the main core values? And you like you obviously mentioned Oof. that your work week looks a bit different to a lot of what the stereotypical work week looks like. So, I mean, what does it look like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, oh, you want, you want me to run through my day, do you? Mate, go for it. We'll we'll, we'll pick it no, apart. <laughs> um, well, look, <laughs> yeah, critique it for me. Um, yeah, no, look, it's. Uh, it, dip- I think it's one of those things that you just have to be ready and on your feet at any time. Really, um, you know, I work across time zones which is fun and challenging all at the same time um i get sometimes i wake up to to messages at 6 a, 6 6 a.m and it's like oh i gotta start now um but it, it's it is fascinating i think the key thing for me with with what i do um because at the moment i mean in terms of creating the content and everything you know I do it virtually all myself in terms of strategy and editing. You know, I do have um, great videographers on standby that I completely trust and and, and they're incredible at what they do. Um, but for me, it's, it's about having almost like coping mechanisms throughout the day that if I am feeling a bit stressed or if I need a breather, you know, I can pick one of six things that I can just go to and go right here's 10 minutes just chill um I don't obviously look I try and do nine to five but sometimes I can't do the nine to five so it's again it's just about being flexible and at the same time like motivation can hit you at different times you know you can wake up one day and go I'm just not having any of this right now it's more productive for me to go and read for an hour so go and read for an hour that's fine like who cares you, that's still progress um but it's all about refining all of that. You know, Um, I meditate a lot. I, I'm quite a musical person as well. So I'll play guitar. I'll sing as well. Um, I've got into journaling as well. Um, I found that really helpful for just because it look, you know, you can sit down with someone and, and chat with them about what's going on in your life, whether it's good or bad, but you, you can't really track that. And I think again, for someone who's, Tracks progress throughout their life in one way or another um journaling is a very useful tool to kind of look back and go okay that's what happened that day that's why you felt bad Um, i'm completely
0: with you i I actually started doing that recently so i started doing every single day sitting down and actually um so the company that i work for we have a dedicated time for just after work finishes actually from five till five thirty it's called reflection time which great. can be viewed as maybe a little bit of a corporate gimmick. But, but when you actually put purpose to it, and that's obviously on the individual to go and put purpose to it, can be incredibly impactful. So one thing that I wanted to do was sit down and th- think about one lesson or something that I've reflected on that day, and then something that I'm going to do better tomorrow. So it means you're constantly yeah. reflecting on what's been, and then growing and evolving as a person day on day day on day. And I think it creates so much more. And that's why I yeah. think when you say journaling is so important. It creates so much more self-awareness. And it also means that you're never sitting still and just resting on your laurels and happy with how you are today, because it just me, it's just, all that matters is how I'm going to get better next day, next day, next day. Um, because, you know, again, we've got to make the most of our time, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And you know, as as a tennis player, I got told as a fourteen year old tennis player, I got told journal. And I was, why the fuck would I do that? Yeah, why the fuck? Like honestly, because you associate and it with a I diary, and
0: you're like, oh yeah. well, you know, especially when you're young, you like oh, diaries are for girls. Like, why well, would I don't want to do yeah. that? Like, that would actually involve showing some emotion or like thought yeah. process. Well, I just want to be out kicking a football about, but actually. Mm-hmm. When you when you deep it and especially I think it comes with a little bit of maturity for for
1: boys. It's just uh, yeah, a hundred percent. But I think it's also one of those journeys that you have to get there on your own. Um, you can't be forced into doing that because otherwise the motivation will just drop. You have to you have to just do it yourself. Um, I spoke to a, a mental health professional about this and then, and they said that um, on top of the journaling, what you could also do is one every other day or whenever you feel like it, instead of journaling, draw your day. And I'm a horrible artist. And I was like, why would you do that though? Like, w- Surely you can just write it down. Like, it'd be simpler. I can't draw, you know, why? And they said, um, because when you draw, you use a different part of your brain. And that will allow you to process the day and the emotion and what you're going through in a much deeper way that actually allows you to release it better and it is really interesting because you know you and i have had brief chats about mental health and and why it's potentially so bad in this country for men especially um and you know for me someone that is very in touch with their emotions thanks to the latin side of the family um hearing that i was like who oh, wow that that's interesting um and i've tried it and yeah it's, it's pretty powerful um because you just stop and you're like i'm crap at this but wow i'm feeling something um and yeah that that's been a really interesting learning curve you know we'll get onto this you know because you asked me some questions you sent me some questions before but like owning a business and and going through this is one of the biggest personal growth journeys you will ever go on and it's rapid and so having that ability to reflect in writing and reflect in pictures um and reflect verbally is something that people need to find a balance with and they need to do i definitely agree i think um
0: as well the, the, the i think that way of thinking is extremely progressive. It, it's a departure from the working environment that we've seen before. I think it's, it's, and I think now people in general, especially working professionals, are becoming a lot more self-aware and looking to do that analytics and self-reflection. Yeah. However, it's not always being encouraged. Um, as much as it maybe should be but there's also a lot of practices widely in business and especially in the Fortune 500 companies and some of the most successful kind of Mm. um, blue chip companies in the world I mean what kind of things do you you see just uh, like broadly speaking because I've got my own views on this but what do you see Mm. as some of those practices that you think that that they don't need to be you know a business doesn't need to be that or they don't need to be doing this or, or you know what, what kind of new practices do you see and you're thinking like there's actually massive room for for kind of businesses to incorporate that?
1: Ooh, another big question, Thacker. Um, <laughs> I think giving employees the option as to when they can take time off not, not, and not—I don't mean just holiday. I think, like, you know, at the moment we don't employ anyone other than myself and my business partner. Um, but I've always had ideas in mind as to when, if I had to bring someone in, what I would do in terms of to create a culture where they felt uh, cared for and supported. Because at the end of the day, if you can't let go of responsibility as a business owner and you have to control everything, the business will be will never be bigger than you. So you have to create an environment where you can have people that can be uh, proactive off their own back. And then if there is a mistake, then you correct it together. You know, Um, I think if anyone really wants to learn about freedom with their business and their work, read the four hour work week by uh, Tim Ferriss, right? It might not. I mean, I read, I read the whole thing and half of it was definitely applicable to what I was going through and, and, and what I need to do. Um, and the other half wasn't because that wasn't really my industry. But the the nuggets of, of goals that he has in there, certain ideas, it's like, mm, yes, more people could be doing this. Um, I won't give it away because honestly, people should read it. Um, but I think there should be definitely the choice to have maybe a one long weekend off every every quarter you know yeah at least, I, at least.
0: yeah i'd agree with that i think so there's a, there's a couple of things i mean giving more trust to your employees i think is huge that's one thing that um i really appreciate when i do see that and i feel that trust to that you know it doesn't matter how you go and do, do your job whatever metrics you need to work to just go and do it and you know you yeah find out what works for you and because I'm going to give you that trust, and because I get that trust, it makes mm. me perform better because I'm like, right, well, I can now go and do this my way and not necessarily in a one size fits all manner. And as a salesperson, yeah. you do, you know, you, you work to kind of bring the revenue in, and it doesn't actually matter how that comes in. Sometimes you'll get extremely fortuitous, so sometimes you have to graft extremely hard, some days you'll work. 10 12 hours, some days you work two and play golf for the rest of the day with the client. It, it, it works yeah. like that, but this is in so many different occupations. I think we now need to get away from you know, you need to be sat at your desk nine to five, just so I know that you're getting the hours in. I've been to businesses where they'll log call hours, they'll log the you know, times they come in and out of the office. Um, they'll, I think I've seen companies desperate, desperate, desperate to get back into the office because they don't know what their employees are doing while they're sat at home. And I'm like, well, why do you employ them then? Because if you don't, if you don't trust them to be doing a job from home, then why are they employed? Like you need to be able to trust them in all facets because let's be honest, the work, you know, people aren't going to solely work in the office anymore. There is going to be, even if you're not, um, working from home all the time, there is going to be this hybrid work week now. So to a degree, people are going to be working from home yeah. at some point. So if you don't trust your employees then to go and do a job, then that's never going to work because, you you know, first of all, yeah. it will be a major distraction for any kind of level of management. And also senior leadership will be so kind of focused on micromanaging everything and then that will distract from performance. And also it's extremely demotiv- demotivational when you don't feel that trust from from yeah. you know seniors and, and and your bosses so I definitely think there needs to be more adaptability I think within reason there needs to be more onus on the individual to schedule their own work week to take the time when they need it I think there's been uh, over the last year we've been really really uh had our eyes open to different mental health issues different you know different kind of issues entirely that we never thought yeah. were possible, um, mm-hmm. un, you know, out of a pandemic, you know, and um, I think, I think it'd be a really yeah. big learning curve for when companies do cut, start coming back full time. Um, the, what the actual work week needs to look like for the, you know, goodness of, of wellness and being of, of the employees, yeah. but also, you know, how best to really drive the, um, you know, drive performance and drive profits.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's a, it's a really good point. Um, the companies a lot, they only kind of focus on the output of the whole company. And I think if they focus more on caring for their employees and their own performance, well, it's, it should be a knock on effect. You know, if you have, if you have a workforce that is happy and really is motivated and wants to work and can perform when needed, you'll get better results all round, you know. Um but yeah, I mean I I haven't had too much exposure around that around big companies, especially. Um I've always worked from home. Um I've only had the exposure of when, you know, I go on site to meet clients and 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 be in clubs. Um but it is fascinating. It is fascinating that kind of work culture. I also think that there's potentially a uh, a lack of encouraging people to have hobbies away from drinking.
0: Yeah. Oh mate, that's, that is huge. And especially in sales culture as well, because that seems to be everyone's go-to again, in the UK, it's just like you know that everyone just flocks to the pub that Thurs, thirsty Thursdays, and all that. What <laughs> well, I've never actually been able to partake in that that much because every every Thursday I've got training, which to be honest is probably a good thing because it's definitely saved my yeah. liver a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's about doing something different. Is and and actually, again, one good thing that my company's done is encourage whilst we've been at home. And they first introduced it when we were during the winter, they gave us 12 till one um, to go out and do anything mm-hmm. like just away from our desk. And um, that was because the yeah. daylight was obviously short. So in the evening where people would be doing a lot of runs when we were in the first lockdown, it was no longer applicable. Um, so they encouraged us to go mm-hmm. out on walks, do something as much as it was like cold. And some people say, oh, well, yeah, that's your, that's your lunch hour. But, giving you that flexibility yeah. to go out and do something encourage you to take you know um, in competitions like photography competitions and um, doing challenges on Strava altogether encourages people to get active it encourages that kind of behavior and I think then then that breeds sure. different kind of culture where you're doing a lot of things that are actually going to benefit your mental health and your well-being which will then in turn feed back into your productivity and mm-hmm. performance at work rather than going and do something yeah. like letting off a load of steam and blowing the doors off on a thursday night which will then i mean realistically apart from a short-run release of endorphins and art oh, is so fantastic to get out and about and, mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. drinking and we all know how fun that is in the short term but long term there the, there aren't many benefits and i can tell you from first hour experience waking up with a hangover trying to work is no fun And you ain't getting a lot done that day on the Friday. I'll tell you that for free.
1: Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think. So (laughs) one thing that has, um, I've kind of discovered a bit by accident in the last two months or so. um, And I only had this realization maybe a, a couple of days ago. I was like, I'm not watching Netflix anymore. And I was like, why is that? And I've replaced it as you know, as I said before, like with good habits in terms of okay, I'm not I'm not watching Netflix in the morning, but you know I'll meditate before, for like five ten minutes, then I'll tidy my room and make sure that my space is set for the day. I'll go downstairs, I'll go for a walk before I've even had breakfast. Then have breakfast. Right, you ready to start the day? Um, if I get bored, I am trying so hard not to get on my phone and hit up Instagram and hit up um TikTok but it's uh, it's again it's hard obviously when you work in that industry it's like of uh, course yeah. um but one thing I, I I have done to kind of mitigate that has been just to unfollow people that either take up too much space or are posting warped realities of what life is uh, this perfect world and it's like no don't need that and like I go on Instagram now and I I'm like why is refresh it like why is there nothing coming up I'm like, yeah of course because the people I'm following are normal people. They don't just post for the sake of posting. If anything, I'm the one that's doing that now. Um, and then I'm replacing the dead time in the day by reading, by being creative, you know, as we've discussed. And I had this realization the other day. I was like, okay, I, I still watch Netflix. I still watch it for lunch. You know, I, I watch maybe two episodes of the US office. Great, cool. It's not like it's out of my life, but it's been completely weaned down to the point that I'm like, I have so much more time to do other things that on top of it, make my work more productive. And that has been a revelation.
0: Do you think that's about being more honest and asking yourself the hard question? Because uh, what I've been doing recently is doing a lot of reading around, you know, how you can get the best out of yourself, high performance, all that kind of stuff. And often people will take, the short-termist option the path of least resistance and not ask themselves the hard questions and i think a lot of people will be aware of the amount of time they spend on their screen on their phones or aware of the Mm. amount of netflix episodes that they're watching but they'll never be asking themselves the question is like could i be spending my time more productively here uh, do i need to be spending that much time yeah. am i consuming content that's good for me and like you say you unfollowed loads of people who yeah. you know just were no good for you and i actually did that recently where i like cold 200 300 people that I was following i was like mm. i basically asked myself the question i was scrolling through do i care no no and i just like you yeah know, when you actually whittle it down and you're like i only want to be consuming things that are good for me because I I think now, I I, I can't remember who made the parallel, but it was like putting the amount of content you're consuming via phone or anywhere, is just as important as to Mm. hydrate yourself or the food that you're consuming because just as much as that food and the water is having an effect on you physically, every single thing you consume, your content, the people you hang around with, we are uh, products of our environment. So anything that you're putting into your system is then going to have an effect on you, whether that be mentally or physically or, you know, otherwise. So I think it's, do you think it's just about people developing those habits over a long period of time? Like the the ones that are actually going to benefit them long run, but also just asking yourself the, the harder questions, I guess.
1: I think it's a bit of both. I think also, you know, with our generation, we haven't necessarily grown up with it, but we got, We got it introduced into our lives, probably just about the right time to keep us fixated onto it. Yeah. Well, I mean, right time for them, wrong time for us. (laughs) And I think, I think also what a lot of people suffer with is they're not necessarily motivated by certain things in their lives, whether it's their job or their relationship or their friendships or whatever. Um, And it is this escapism you know there's it's no surprise that a lot of these travel bloggers are so popular because they do offer this different life that people can't really see themselves doing because it's too big a risk to drop everything and try and do that um so i think it is i wonder if it's also again just the fact that people can't see rapid growth within their career. So then they just kind of go, well, it'll happen when it happens. And then they just kind of lose that discipline and motivation, you know? Yeah, I
0: think um, so many people are fixated on outcomes and consequences rather than the process of getting there. And that's one thing that I've, I've been trying to do recently is just so first of all taking every opportunity as it comes so even if I, feel, I do feel like i'm stretched take that new stretch project at work because it's going to benefit you in the long run it's going to open doors elsewhere you know mm-hmm. take that um free paid job yeah that is going to maybe give you some exposure in somewhere that you've never even thought about before um and not just yeah like resting your, your laurels or setting settling for enough i think that that was by the way a big problem that i had i think especially on my placement year when i was 21 Mm -hmm. and around the time of uni it was like just settling for enough you know not not pushing myself too much like i'm still comfortable and And I think as a lot of people know, or at least people have done the research into it, we do the most growing when we're outside our comfort zone. So when you are stretched, when you are just test your limits, you're going to have tired days. You're going to have days where you're asking yourself tough questions. You're going to have days where you're feeling a bit down and you're going to have to work on your things like your mental health Mm -hmm. and and your mental resiliency and your physical health and, and actually make some sacrifices. So instead of going out to the pub, I'm actually just going to sleep or you know, get, getting those things in that you know, realistically, is it going to be beneficial to you in the long run, make those tough decisions? And mm. I think as a generation, we are probably not good enough at doing those. And I, I know for sure that I've got room to grow in that department. But um, I think yeah. hopefully going forward, we can start breeding the culture of let's let's do the things that are going to maximize genuine utility of life. Rather than those things that are just yeah. so quick and um, you know you get the hit of dopamine, get the short term you know enjoyment and,
1: and relief kind of kind of thing. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I can't disagree with what you said there, mate. There you go. No, no. So before
0: before we move on to, I think there's there's a few questions I want to ask you that get a little bit. Deeper, yeah. um, and uh, you know, okay. I won't keep it. Won't keep you too long, sir, because I know your time is very valuable. Um, okay. But I wanted to play a bit of a. will <laughs> play a qu- bit of a quick fire game, um, and it's going to okay. be around kind of a topic that we just talked about in terms of um, company culture and things like little trends that are kind of started to appear, and whether you would keep or okay. bin. So I'll reel them out, Ooh, and then oh, you can okay. either say you can say keep or bin. So, the first one. This will be fun. Three to four day work week. Oh, I think keep them. Keep them. Okay. Well, yeah. We can go back
1: into these. After you say keep <laughs> them, we'll, we'll go back yeah, into
0: yeah. Sleep pods.
1: Oh, uh, I'm so 50-50 on this. Um keep <laughs> okay <clears throat>
0: hybrid working environment definitely keep quizzes and workplace socials definitely keep nice uh working with masks on in sectors where it's not necessary not necessary to be in
1: the office uh, no idea uh bin for the sake of it <laughs> <laughs> virtual yoga classes to improve posture oh i think if it was virtual yeah keep it but it would be better if it was uh, in person as well
0: and wellness programs in lieu of just paying people more a hundred percent keep it keep keep the wellness programs
1: keep it i think companies could be doing way more to influence people's mental and physical health to people that would say
0: well i'd rather just be paid more um for what i do rather than companies actively going out of the way Mm. to put on a wellness program what would be the tool in that
1: sense oh look i mean everyone just wants more money don't they i mean so do i like it's you know um but i think it comes down to oh god this is so complicated um, <laughs> yeah look i just think oh mate you've put me on the spot here you really, you really <laughs> nailed me here. um
0: it's all right no it's 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 okay we can, i mean the thing is i think what people prioritize is that money aspect and i think they people feel constantly undervalued and i think Partially due to the fact that, uh, well, the economic circumstances that we find ourselves in, um, but also this slightly Mm. down to, you know, especially large companies and companies in general will always offer to pay you less. Um, I I can't imagine. or I haven't heard of many companies that will overpay someone. And so when I think in this scenario where, you know, it's like a wellness program has been put in place. Because we want to look after your well-being, and you know we're putting on this program, and and they're framing it as they're and people are going, yeah. no, 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 I just want more money. I want more money so I can go and afford a holiday that yeah. will really look after my well-being because I want to lay in the sun. I think yeah. there's always that little bit of trade-off, but if if a company is going out with genuine intentions with that wellness program, then for me mm-hmm. that's going to be beneficial, even if people don't see it in the short term. I think if you mm-hmm. if you buy into that and you buy into the culture the long-term benefits you'll see are better than just having money.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think also you bring up a good point, you know, too often, especially in Western culture, we define our success on how much you bring in. Um, and, uh, they can tell you, we all know this. There are a hell of a lot of rich people who are not happy with their lives. Um, I think a wellness program, if it is effective, it is allowing people to, it should be allowing people to find actually what really makes them happy and and content. And, and I think the biggest thing that I've found recently is uh, having inner peace. Because you can be happy, but your inner peace can be disturbed. And I think if your inner peace is disturbed, that is very hard to find again. That takes time. Um, so redefining how we view success, that has to be the first thing, in my opinion. I'd agree. I think um, I had this.
0: Uh, <laughs> I had this conversation actually. My brother likes to every time he comes home likes to have a conscientious uh, or controversial debate. <laughs> and we were debating communism against capitalism at the dinner table oh yeah and, and and this is after i come home from training so i was already knackered i knew i coming out from training i was like i bet you anything they've got a bottle of red open and they're talking about something deep and lo and behold <laughs> there, was, there, there was a bottle and a half already sunk and they were talking about that topic i was like oh here we go but i sat and listened to yeah. them and they were talking about so many different theories and this person's whatever and and everything based on how we've measured, um, society and, and you know, success today. Mm, yeah. And I said, I, and then they basically stopped talking and they looked at me to see if I had anything to say. And I said, right, well, just by the way, you're both wrong because we measure mm. success and the metric of success in a completely wrong way. The way that we need to measure success yeah. is not on money, wealth, the amount of money that you bring through through the door or the amount of things that you have, but in fact happiness. And until we start measuring yeah. success by happiness and genuine utility, then any system that you're going to put in place is going to be fundamentally flawed because we're all going out for things that actually don't make us happy as human beings. And when we all know that yeah you know, that I think for me it's things like experiences and relationships and connections that i value most in the world and that's something that money can't buy. Now money mm-hmm. makes things easier but they can't yeah. buy the amount of time that i put into yeah. people and the amount of conversations i have and the and the like <laughs> conversations where i check in on people and how, just how they do. No money can buy that. It's all about the uh, of effort and time you put in and so i think you know going off tangent a little bit but i think we do measure and the metric of su- success is fundamentally flawed and i think then to move yeah. forward as as a society i i would like to see not necessarily a fundamental switch because i know we can't live in hippy dippy doo da like mm-hmm. everyone going around like peace and love can, <laughs> right but 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 there does need to be a bigger appreciation that happiness needs to play a bigger li- a part in our lives and how we measure success
1: yeah yeah yeah, I, mean, I, I I agree. I think you know, on a personal level, the move abroad is for me with one eye on the future. You know, um, business wise, it's you know, it's shouldn't have a, a, an impact really. Um, everything's remote, so there's, the infrastructure is already there. But for me personally, you know, it is a very different way of life. Um, I have one eye on how I want to behave going forward as a, as a man. Um, and that's not a journey that I can do really in this country. Um, and if, you know, speaking openly and honestly, uh, I do want to be a father. I do want to get married. I do want to have kids. And this for me is, is a step forward in, in developing those skills of being really, really hundred percent responsible for, for my actions and my words um and i'm looking forward to it you know it's it's going to be a heavy learning curve but again it's not something that i'm already not going through so um having the ability to develop that skill at a younger age than you know maybe other people are not fortunate to have um i'm looking forward to it
0: Sound like a man with a plan, brother. In terms yeah. of um, the opportunities and challenges you foresee from working Oof. in Colombia and a different country, um, yeah. What, what, what do you think?
1: Um, well, look. I mean, time zone is it's convenient being in in the UK, in the EU. Obviously, you can work in an Australian time zone and the US time zone very easily. Um, so, time zone is going to be a bit of a challenge, but again there is so much opportunity up in the states i'm not far um and again like colombia yeah it's it's not the biggest market but looking forward to it i think there are definitely stones that can be turned and we can potentially do something cool there but again you know i'm happy with the way that we're we're currently operating um fingers crossed it continues to go that way and just going to continue to work hard develop a network develop myself um and see where life goes really
0: beautiful where do you uh where do you see the future of exo what do you what's your kind of uh i know it's difficult because mm. things will be ever evolving for you but i know you set yourself a a, a kind of mast or a, a target for next year around tennis but in terms of like five ten years yeah. what do you think the kind of capabilities are really
1: it's a it's an interesting question because there's part of me that goes oh i want this 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 and this and there's a part of me that just goes who gives a fuck if it's operating in 10 years time honestly i'm if it it dies tomorrow i'll be sad but i've learned a hell of a lot if it dies in five years time great i've still learned a lot and got an amazing experience you know i'm not i don't necessarily put a a timeline on it um where i want it to be where i want it to go because it is a process it is a new thing every single day um and the markets can change in 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 an instant you know um it's all about having that ability to adapt see what's in front of you and play those cards um so just trying to obviously there's 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 things that i want to achieve and you know like like the the one-year ambition to to complete these projects um but other than that i'm not really i'm keeping it quite broad and quite open you know bruce lee be like water um because if anything you know this has been conceived from the biggest global shutdown of you know since god knows when and uh it could happen again. It could happen again tomorrow. It could happen in five years, ten years, whatever. So, I'm just looking for learning experiences and good people, good times.
0: I love that, and I think that will help. I think it will help you to be personally so much more present by focusing on what's happening now. Um, I don't know if you've listened to this is a podcast I've talked about before. Um, but the high performance podcast with Johnny Wilkinson and being yeah, just yeah. absolutely present in every single thing that you're doing and engaged to the, you know, I think that will drive the best performance and not necessarily being so obsessed with consequences. And it doesn't sound like you are, which, you know, it's really great to hear. And it's actually quite refreshing because I think people and in business in particular, can become so fixated on what's your 5-10 year plan, or even what's your 5-10 personal year plan. It's like, you know what? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. Like we've just been through a global pandemic. Yeah. Like you say, it can, yeah. it can things can be thrown into turmoil so very easily. So actually the biggest skill that we need to develop is adaptability and being able to switch on a dime and and, and also how we react and how how our brains react to certain adversity or new opportunity or um, you know things that go yeah. our way very fortuitously, so I think uh mate it's really it 's really cool to hear you speak like that because I think it's it's a really nice school of thought and and hopefully i mean w- one thing I did want to say, and i 'll come on to it at the end, but anyone and I know my brother is potentially looking at business and he's a young guy and he's looking like how do I potentially start up a business and and what kind of things and attributes do I need to yeah. have i think I think it's a really cool um learning to to have um in terms of Mm -hmm. your biggest and i know you do a lot of reading i know you you're very engaged in learning from other people and 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 you know gaining as much insight and information it's incredibly important who would you say you look up to the Mm -hmm. most or the kind of some of the biggest learners especially over the last 12 months that you've had loading pressure i know because you you've you sent me a lot
1: of book recommendations i was like Jeez, yeah. That's not, that's not <laughs> yeah i mean i mean look that's i sent you all of that's all i've done so i you know there's there's still so much more and you've given me some great recommendations like i'm, I'm gonna read the the goggins book when i land in colombia that's gonna be my first like let's go yeah, change, change um, your, your I think life i promise you yeah i th- i think there's two ways you can really answer that question um which is also i've just forgotten it uh, the question was, sorry, dyslexic mind right here. Just, uh,
0: yeah. So in terms of your, le- your biggest learnings, oh, biggest I learnings. It, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's two, there's two answers to this. One is the, the biggest business learnings and the biggest personal emotional learning, um, business. Uh, look, I've been very fortunate to have, um, a business partner who is extremely patient with me. He's a bit older, um he's got more experience than I have and and yeah, he his his strengths complement my weaknesses. Um so what th- the biggest thing is I feel extremely secure in 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 that relationship and, and friendship, um which I know a lot of people don't have the opportunity to to have. Um but biggest business learning um i think it is just that adaptability not really knowing what's going to happen you know i've i've i had a, a zoom conversation with a, a dear friend of mine and she, you know because she was trying to be like look like what are you actually doing you know you're just kind of not really doing that much let's see if we can get some some ideas into you and then then and i was feeling a bit down about it and you know this was in like january um because i, w- I was being impatient and then all of a sudden, from February March onwards, it's just been go 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 go, and it and it hasn't really stopped. Um, so I think the biggest business learning is being being present, adaptable, and patient. Really, um, yeah, go on. Awesome.
0: No, 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 that is awesome. I think I think um, it's it's so important, especially as we live in a world that's incredibly. Uh, fluctuating, changing circumstances all the time. We have new businesses and new uh, industries entering the whole time. I think in across business, if we can all learn to be a bit more adaptable, um, then mm. I think that that I think that would all put us in really good stead. Because the the worst thing I think if you don't develop that, then you run the risk of stagnating, of you know, yeah. lagging in terms of your growth and and particularly letting opportunities pass you by so um i think so i think saying yes more often than you say no um and just be, be ready for what the mm-hmm. world's going to throw at you i think is is huge
1: yeah yeah 100 because the world is uh i i saw a great comment the other day about the law of attraction and it is very easy to kind of get into this cycle of why me why me why me um but with the laws of attraction if you are if you want something and you're actively putting out a a a, a wish and a want you are you are releasing vibrations into the universe and the interesting thing about that is what the universe does to challenge you is send you obstacles and send you tasks and things that you have to get over to prove your worth that you can actually handle what you want. And that is a very hard concept to deal with because sometimes those obstacles are horrible, but you have to be persistent. You have to be strong. You have to be stubborn and go, I am worth it. I do possess this skill and what I want will come my way. Um, so yeah, mate, it's a, it's a steep learning curve. Yeah, no, I love it. And I think as you, I mean,
0: I love the fact. I, I think I like our relationship because every time I speak to you, I learn something new. But it's, it'd be really great to you know see how you know the business develops and you develop going forward. Um, I think it's a really exciting story. I think it's an exciting time for you as well. And you're operating in an industry that is still uh, very um, immature, and so you know the, yeah. I think the the possibilities are quite literally endless, especially with. There'll be the new platforms, new ways of reaching out to people, new ways of, yeah. uh, you know, all the time coming about, and and that for me is super exciting. So, um, nah, mate, it's, it's going to be wicked to kind of track your progress, really? especially as a, as a business guru. Um, and and mate, like, oh no, guru, no, 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 no,
1: <laughs> no buzzwords here, please, no guru.
0: <laughs> I was yeah. To be fair, I've, I've done badly there. I should have avoided that one, but um, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Just, just to wrap up, actually, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I've made a fatal error in that I forgot to ask you when we first came on, and this is, okay. should be my first question to you. Was as this is Stacker mm-hmm. like Sunday Hangover, and in England, on a hangover, uh, one of the most popular hangover oh. cures is an English breakfast. What I want to know mm-hmm. is, out of all the items on an English breakfast. Which one are you keeping if you mm. can only keep one?
1: Oh, oh, I've had, so far, I've, had toast.
0: I've had toast and black pudding so far. And um, black pudding, I was like, I don't think I'll be inviting him back, I'll be honest with you. But uh...
1: what would I keep? Um, <laughs> You'd better not make this into a soundbite. Um, <laughs> you can't beat, you can't beat a good sausage. Yeah, I love it. <sighs> Listen, honestly, this a like good a quality. Folks, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, honestly, you can't, beat, you yeah, can't yeah. beat a good sausage. You genuinely can't. I'm glad see this is at the end of the totally. podcast as well now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God! Oh, um, God. But uh, no, right. Okay, so we've had one toast, one black pudding, one sausage. I'm, I'm inclined. Do you know what? You actually can't beat a good sausage. I definitely rate sausage more than bacon. If you get a banging like Cumberland, the I mean, not that Ooh. I eat them anymore, but when I did, when they've got yeah. the herbs right, ah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. nothing better. I'm, I'm, yeah, with, yeah. I'm with you on that one, brother. Um, yeah, so going forward your core values as a person if you could just like say like (sighs) three core values that you want to stick to from a business perspective and from a personal perspective going forward what would they be
1: honesty straight away um can't deal with uh (laughs) dishonesty uh core values i think also the ability to want to learn i think that's so key um especially now and days when information is is so readily available and people just kind of either get stuck in their ways or just are just stubborn to not want to learn um and lastly tough one um perseverance perseverance i I think i think you know as we said with the the laws of attraction you know people do tend to give up too easily i i also think that's partly because they don't have an idea of what they want their reality to be in the long term um you can't it's horrible to live in the future but if you have an idea of what you want your reality to be and how you want to behave getting through those obstacles does make it far easier awesome
0: and uh last question then and uh, a nice one to bring together what i think has been i mean i've really enjoyed this podcast mate so again, too, thank mate. you very much for coming like genuinely thanks it's for having been me. insightful and you know really really have enjoyed it and uh hopefully you'll you'll be back um but obviously i know
1: he I'd love to be a busy be. boy. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll zoom when I'm on the beach with a, with a, a caipirino or a pina colada or something like that, mate. Oh, don't make me jealous, honestly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. But
0: um, last question, Mr. Warden, um Yes. How would you like to be remembered? <laughs>
1: oh, How would I like to be remembered? Um, Someone that was caring and really would have helped at anything. Um, Honest. Honest and open as well. Love it. Brother, thank you so
0: much again for your time. Everyone, I, I hope you enjoyed um the like Sunday hangover this week. Ollie for anyone that would like to track, you know, things that you got
1: going on, your socials, yeah, you know, where can they find you? Uh you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um not on any dating apps. So yeah, sorry, ladies. Um <laughs> uh, even though I am single, yeah, I'm not on any dating apps, so you can't find me there. Uh yeah, my 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 handles are all the same. It's uh Ollie Warren Garcia. Um, so yeah, if you do fancy giving me a follow and and seeing what I get up to, I will be, um, actually Thaka, I will be starting a new TikTok all about life in South America, um, which will be a lot of fun, hopefully. Um, but yeah, let's see, um, exciting times ahead and, and, you know, let's hope everyone can have a, a good summer somewhere in Europe, fingers crossed get vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Here's hoping. So I will link everything down below. Um, Again, you know, if you're interested in, in Ollie's podcast as well, the hope that kills you podcast uh, for sports lovers, uh, for hopeless sports fans and romantics alike. Yeah. We've also got
1: another one. We've also got another one called behind the play, which is a bit more serious. And that's kind of diving into certain personalities. We've had tennis players, snooker players, um and lots of different coaches on there so again that's a bit more motivational and less shit lad banter chat kind of thing
0: so so go check that out now this podcast is finished get over there (laughs) right everyone have a fantastic week love you all and uh, we'll see you again soon